Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. A lot going on, as always, my friend. It's nice to see you. Good to be back. Um, we finally have a nominee to become the new leader of the Office of Personnel Management, such as it will be in the coming months and years as the Trump administration wants to restructure it, move a lot of the functions of OPM to the General Services Administration. But Dale Cabanis, who has government experience, has cap, uh, executive branch experience, Capitol Hill experience, is the nominee. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how quickly those nominations move as we get towards the end of the second half of the president's term. Um, but Dale Cabanis has an incredible resume for this position. She's an appropriator, mm-hmm. an appropriator that oversaw the budgets of OPM and, and others uh, in, in that subcommittee jurisdiction. She was also board member at the Federal Labor Relations Authority. So steeped in um, Office of Personnel Management, its budget, its policies, um, its mission. So you alluded to something that I think is interesting, not just for this position, but for all of the positions that are still open in this administration. I had Joe Jordan, uh, the former OFPP administrator. Then there's an OFPP nominee as well. That's correct, and we'll come back to that in a moment. Uh, he was actually on the program with Angela Stiles talking about what the agenda for the new administrator would look like. But Joe was in kind of the same situation at the end of the first term of the Obama administration. He came on with, I think, about 18 months left. And a lot of people said, why would you take that job so close to the end when you're not 100% sure you're going to have a job in 18 months? And I wonder, from your management experience perspective, what that looks like for Anybody, not just Dale Cabinets at OPM, but for anybody coming into a high-profile position in the administration when, essentially, the clock is really starting to tick. Well, a lot of those plums don't really ripen for people <laughs> who are, don't have the right experience until towards the end. Yes. Um, you're not exactly getting the A-team as some of these uh, positions open up, as again, as it's later in the, in the president's term often you get people with a lot of energy once they do get confirmed so they can drive a lot of what's been waiting to be done uh, once they do get confirmed. What's the wrinkle with the, I mean, I think deconstruction's a fair word to describe what's happening at OPM. What's the implication, you think, for somebody new, com- anybody new coming in there, especially given the fact that Jeff Pond by all accounts, left because he wasn't really on board with what the administration wanted to do with OPM? Well, given your unproven (laughs) rumor-based assumption (laughs) that Jeff Pond left because he wasn't adequately high behind the integration of OPM and GSA, um, I'm assuming that Dale Cabanis was vetted uh, from the context of, are you going to be supportive of this? Well, I would assume so. Also, that's not what I was getting at, though. What I was getting at was, what's the implication for somebody coming into a job like that oh. when, number one, the agency might be going away 
at least in the form that it's commonly known today, while at the same time we just talked about the fact this person I get it. So you don't want to go down the gossip rat hole. That's fine. We'll wait till we're not recording. Um, so I, I think, you know, the, the, her appropriations background could be really critical to the uh, kind of stakeholder engagement that's needed, especially with the appropriations committees, yes. to get this done. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's enough to get it done. A lot of other things need to fall in place because there are existing uh, report language um, and other provisions that tell the administration, don't move a muscle until we tell you it's okay to do so. When I saw the nomination of Dale Cabinus cross the transom, and I actually have a transom downstairs, <laughs> by the way. Um, when I saw that cross, I thought, I think the happiest person in Washington, D.C. today is Margaret Weikert. That's right. But does she go back to OMB uh, well, before she's, Dale Kavanaugh is over there? She's never left. She's continued to be the DDM right. the whole time. So, right. But does she give up her OPM responsibilities while no. Dale Kavanaugh is awaiting confirmation? No. Yeah. She continues. But So you're right. At that least there is a light, light at, at the, the end, end of the, the tunnel. tunnel. Jinx. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Um, Robert, 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 I think is what I'm supposed to say in order for you to be able to continue the conversation. No, she's got to be happy because uh, there's potentially some relief for uh, about the time a budget's supposed to roll out and um, performance.gov stuff is happening. Uh, The reorg has not been very high profile over the last uh, several months, and I would imagine that will change with the rollout of the budget request and people – in Congress have some sense of, okay, this is kind of what the roadmap is. Nobody has really known many specifics. In fact, a lot of Democratic senators uh, really picked up Margaret Weicker the last time she was on the Hill because, hey, you don't have specifics about this. And the argument was, well, when we roll out the 2020 budget request, you'll see what we have in mind. Yeah. So Monday will be a big day yeah. to um, pull back the curtain on a lot of that. What do you what are you going to look for first when that rolls out and is it different this time than all the other times or do you kind of go to the same places each time there's a new budget request Well the the it's my understanding that we're only going to get the main the main volume of the president's budget which is a more of a marketing document than a lot of detail so it's really going to be a two week process to see what kind of detail we can um uncover uh, but d- does the budget reflect a lot of the reorganizations that the administration has been working on? That is, are some accounts moved from one agency to another or around within an agency? What new initiatives are going to be proposed? Um, so th- I, I do think, unlike in the past, where you're looking for not only the money but the initiatives, focusing on where the money actually goes uh, and the extent to which it reinforces a lot of the management and reorganization initiatives. Okay. Uh, I did not intend, nor did you intend, for this to be a Margaret Weikert shout-out episode when we started. But she was on Government Matters last weekend talking about changes that are coming to the security clearance process in conjunction with the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, NBIB, uh, at the Defense Department, and so on. That's one of the major functions of OPM is being moved out that we alluded to earlier. 
Uh, you've been following the security clearance process for a long time. What's your sense of where it stands right now and when agencies might start to see some traction? One of the things that, that she talked about on the program is finally the ability of somebody to be cleared and whether they move to another agency or to the private sector as a contractor, not have to start the process over again, go to the end of the line, which agencies have just been clamoring for for years. Yeah, that's called reciprocity. Mm -hmm. I worked on two presidential memoranda that required reciprocal recognition of existing security clearances, and it never became a reality. So Margaret saying it so doesn't make it happen. Understood. Once we get evidence that that's happening, I think there should be a day off and <laughs> celebration in the streets because it's it, it makes you want to pull your hair out, the fact that these common sense practices to reduce the workload haven't taken hold um, because of urban myths that it might impact national security. Um, I, I don't think we are on the cusp of massive improvement, though I have seen the backlog, backlog come down mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, I think we're years out, and that the the movement um, of the of the security clearance function from OPM to DOD uh, creates a bit of a distraction from what sh what should be a focus on performance, improving the efficiency and effectiveness of the background investigation process. What else is on your mind this week? What else is on my mind? I think well, I ask first, but and, that's and okay. Anticipating um, uh, the budget uh, coming up next week. I also, you didn't mention the Gear Awards. Oh, right. No, there I was a um, uh, so 116 individuals and teams are winners of the uh, Gears of Government Awards from yeah. OMB. It's a we, lot of people doing good we, things. We've seen each other for many years at the Sammies. We did a program on the Service to America medals. At yes, the we did. So we should do a pop-up episode at the Sammies next year. Great idea. I think so. Well, uh, at 6, a, 6 p.m. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. No, we should save it for 9. Mm, we, should, we should wait till 9. Yeah. Because okay. I think that'd be a great time to learn about things like the Chief Human Kakarash Cancer. You know, it'll be, it'll be called Where's Robert? <laughs> So I will do that if you'll wear a red and white striped sweater and a big stocking cap like Waldo. No, not gonna do that. And we can have, and then we can really play Where's Robert. Yep. Okay. So the gear back to the gear awards. Oh, it, I my point about is them. any any um, effort that applauds the great work that uh, government employees are doing for the yes. American people is um, worth the effort, and um, the. The announcement of as big a list as it was, um, I do think it's a great thing uh, that they do. One example is my friend Gerard Baderek at the General Services Administration. Mm -hmm. Here's an example of what he did. He, um, using artificial intelligence, automated a number of menial processes that resulted in uh, 50,000 hours of work that could be redirected to higher-value mission-related work. Mm -hmm. um, he has really done concrete improvements uh, over the General Services Administration that I think many other agencies 
can replicate. Um, so he's a real leader and one who really deserves to be recognized. But my hat's off to all the Gear Award winners. The work that he's doing there in robotic process automation is really fascinating. And the reason that I think it's so interesting is because it's something that's pretty fairly easily replicable at other agencies. I wonder, though, if other agencies, I don't mean this with any disrespect, but if they might be too scared to do it because, I mean, that kind of reduction of hours is going to mean something to the workforce. I mean, I understand the, the, the gig that most people that talk about RPA say is, we're going to do this and we're going to move these people to higher value work, just like it says in the president's management agenda. But, I mean, at some point, that's a lot of hours to have to move. That's right. There's a lot of work to be done. The government is already asked to do more than it can possibly do with the resources it has. So I don't think we're at risk of getting that, getting to that place anytime okay. soon. Okay, good. But I do think the fear is something that needs to be addressed. And people need to be equipped to do the kinds of things we expect them to do given that they've been doing these less than analytic mission-focused activities in the past. All right. A lot to look forward to, especially in the budget, and we'll talk about that as it rolls out. Great to see you as always, my friend. Great to be here with you. Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.